Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. This is your co-host, Rachel Autry, and I'm so excited to have my friend Lorianne Kendrick on today. Lorianne is amazing, but you'll be able to tell this when you start listening. Today, we're going into a pretty moving conversation on inner healing and what it looks like to get the full picture of God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and all the ways they show up in our lives. She also speaks to the hearts that might have been wounded by parents, friends, and others in our lives, and how we can have hope and find inner healing moving forward. I'll tell you what, this episode was so powerful for me, and I know it will be nothing short of that for you too. I hope you enjoy. Lorian, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to be having you on and hear everything that you have to share today. Thanks. So excited to be here. Okay, so first off, just I want to be able to tell people where you live, all about your family. So who is Lorian Kendrick? Yes, so um, I, I think the most importantly, I'm a daughter, you know? Um, and my husband and I, my husband, his name is Rainer and we are childhood sweethearts. Uh, we met and fell in love around age 11 and have been best friends ever since and married for almost 13 years. That is so special. I know it's so cool. Um, it's been such a gift to grow up together. Um, and I guess we're continuing to grow up. Um, we live in Redding, California. We were born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama, but we moved to Reading about a year ago to pursue ministry school at Bethel. And we have six kids who keep us really, really busy, but honestly, they're just so fun. And I'm sure you'll hear lots about them throughout the interview. It's hard for me to talk yeah. for more than a minute or so and not talk about them. So I know. They're the cutest thing. So just for people listening, Lorianne and I ran into each other not really even a run into each other, but she came to JH Ranch this past summer where my husband was working and we got to hear everything that we're going to talk about today from her, but got to meet her family. And then you actually came to JH for a while again to just find some retreat during the car fire in Redding, California. Right. So we um, had been in Alabama for about five or six weeks this summer visiting family. And right when we came back to Redding, the car fire had broken out. So we evacuated And luckily, our beautiful friends hosted us at the ranch for about a week. And our kids ended up thinking it was the best. Next year, our seven-year-old wants to evacuate for her birthday. So we'll be grouping on like what that actually was. And I was about to say, that's a resort-filled evacuation. That's what I would want. Besides Disney World, JH Ranch is a great way to evacuate. (laughs) Right. Like if you ever need hope, just look at how kids handle things. They did great. It was great. I know. They were troopers. And I just was so fun and so honored to be able to meet them and hear all their nicknames for each other you seriously have a rock star of family well thank you your oldest was so funny she said we're playing a game my mom said that I had to find two things that I'm grateful for every meal or something like that (laughs) what what game was that yes that was a game that I was just really trying to encourage some gratitude um just you know in the middle of the evacuation heading up to the ranch and you know just going with the flow so we we try to turn it into a game i feel like with kids if you can make things fun and really with adults if you can make a challenge fun they'll they'll take it 
I agree. I agree. And then now that y'all are back at home, is everything okay? You guys are safe and sound? Um, Yes. Our house was just miraculously saved. We were right on the fire line. So it was just really powerful um, to feel just God's provision over you. And since we've gotten back, just kind of digging in and trying to help where we can help. And I feel really confident about what God's going to do in Reading and how he's going to rebuild and honestly feel honored to be here and be a part of that. So our right. oldest especially has really been wanting to volunteer. I think that that has helped her process some of what has happened with the fire. Um, so, but we're good, safe and sound back at home. Good to uh, hear. Thank you. If listeners ever wanted to be a part of the relief efforts, do you have a specific ministry or someone um, volunteer time or just any kind of financial donation that would be pointed to them as a direction? Yeah, I would I would point them to Bethel Church's website. It's You can actually go to Bethel.com forward slash car fire. And there is a way to donate. Uh, Bethel is putting 100% of those donations go directly to the victims of the fire. They're actually just writing checks right to the victims to help people rebuild and just to bring relief and provision to them. So I think that's honestly the best way to give. And they're also coordinating a lot of stuff with the city um, as far as being the distribution center and things like that. So I think it's it's a good place to give. So I want to go ahead and jump right in and chat about what exactly you do and how you spend your time in Redding, California, and speak a little bit to your ministry that you have there with Rainer, your husband. And then, um, and then we'll go from there and define what it is and all of the things that there is to know about it for people that are listening. Awesome. So we have a ministry called Freedom House Movement. And um, what it is, it's basically a movement towards God. We believe that God's always in pursuit of us. And I think sometimes we just need to say yes back to him. And so it's a movement of connecting heaven to earth. What that looks like for us, like on a day-to-day practical thing, is that we run a prayer ministry. Um, We're trained in Sozo, which is a specific um, prayer ministry, and we use those tools kind of implemented with other things we've learned just throughout life, um, just in relationship with God. Our ministry is kind of set up. We just are passionate about people being connected to the heart of God, being in conversation with God, um, and just living out wholeness. Um, We travel around and we speak, and I would say the main thing that we do is um, our prayer ministry. Um, And we've kind of learned over the course of um, doing ministry together, Freedom House Movement, we started a year ago when we moved to Reading, but we were in ministry for about five years before that in Birmingham. And really what happened was I had this encounter with the Lord where I was navigating being a mother and then being in ministry, and I was like picking up one, laying down the other, picking up one, laying down the other each time. And the Lord just really spoke to me about it being a lifestyle of wholeness. And we started, um, the Lord said, I've called you to minister to the masses, but I need you to minister to your family and I need you to minister to yourself. So it became this pursuit of what does wholeness look like? Um, you know, for us to, as a family, go after connection with God, for each person to be thriving in their connection and their conversation with the Lord. Because once our family is thriving, then it just exudes from there. So it's it's kind of developed out of rest, if that makes sense. It was like I was actually at home on bed rest with, with my twin boys, and the Lord just really started growing the ministry from there, where he said, everything's going to come from this place of rest, of you you going after wholeness and I'm just going to open the doors for you. So it's funny that 
we are in ministry, but I feel like it's so just us deciding to, as a family and as a married couple, as a woman, as a man, to just go after wholeness and just say what God's saying. But being able to find wholeness in your family so that then your family can be love and be a united team really is yeah. I think the, the greatest way to put it, a united team to go ahead and fight battles on behalf of other people and intercede on their behalf too yeah and that's probably a dream of a lot of us it's neat that you all have found that and Rainer your husband is a part of that with you as well he is and it that's different for us in different seasons when we were in Birmingham we ran the prayer ministry and the prophetic ministry at our church there and had like monthly worship nights where we did prophetic ministry and now that looks like doing a lot of prayer sessions on FaceTime and um, doing some speaking things. So, you know, it's one of those things that as our capacity has changed with the amount of children we have, just being available um, and just showing up where God asks you to show up. I came and I was like, okay, Lord, I want to I want to experience the signs and the wonders and all these things. And then we got here and I was just home with kids and I just was like, okay, Lord, you know, is this what, is this what you asked me to do? Is this what we came here for? Is this what we sold everything and moved across the country for? And he was like, I want you to make a list of all the things you want to see, like of, of healings of people, um, you know, just set free people, you know, being filled with baptism, of the Holy spirit, just all these things that I just wanted to see and knew that he had called me to be a part of doing. And then he said, okay, great. I want you to do those at home. And, um, so we just started this last year, um, Rainer and I were just home with, with our youngest four. And we just were like, okay, God, we're just going to invite you into every part of it. And just started to see miracles with our kids and them encountering the Lord. And I just learned so much about how much God honors what we say yes to, you know, and if he's, if Mm -hmm. he asks us to minister to our families at home, if he asks us to minister to someone at the grocery store, and I, I believe he is going to give us, you know, the ministry opportunities that we dream of. Um, and, and the big stages, if, if that's what's in your heart. But I think, you know, his heart is always for us to respond to his yes. And I've learned that his yes is always bigger than ours. It's yeah. funny. I like the word that kept coming to mind was just like, I feel like my life is called to just pursue the glory of God. And I kept praying through that. I'm just in my season of mothering and being home and figuring out what it actually looks like to have a family in ministry. And um, I read in Isaiah and it talks about the cloud of smoke by day and the, the flame by night. And it says in the middle of that, that his glory was like a canopy over them. And I just felt like God was like, you actually are in my glory in the day to day relationship, like the daily bread, the just trusting me, receiving my provision, saying yes on a day to day basis is actually where the power and the glory of God is. It's not always in these big stadium experiences and it is there too but for me I found so much just freedom and just knowing that I'm right in the middle of the season that he has me in knowing that I am in glory even in the day-to-day like the little things you know the mundane right right yeah 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 so just to give you a little background about the way that I grew up in church is I grew up in a conservative reformed church where um, the Holy Spirit wasn't really mentioned. I never really was educated about spiritual gifts. And that was a whole new world open to me that now I'm so grateful for that I know about because it is part of my daily walk with the Lord that 
I wish had been a part of my life sooner because of the fruit I've seen from it. And so for the listener that might be speaking that is uncomfortable or cringes when maybe healing or prophetic or prayer ministry, inner healing or whatever we have to speak about today. And so what would you say to the person that might be uncomfortable with something like prayer ministry or the prophetic or healing and spiritual gifts. No, it, I totally get it though. I was raised, I was, first growing up at church, we were at a Presbyterian church and then we were Southern Baptist. And then I just kind of have been all over the place since then, just looking for where God is. And turns out he's everywhere. Yeah. Um, he's in the church. He's in all the different denominations. Um, I think for me, what I would have wanted to hear in those days when, when it all just felt a little bit overwhelming, like, is this real? Is that you're safe, Mm -hmm. that you're so safe with the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is the kindest, most comforting yet powerful person you'll ever meet. As I've begun to understand who God is, that he's three in one, he is father, he is son, he is spirit. He also created us in these to be these trying, these three-part being where we're body, soul, spirit. And he did this in a way for us to be whole and to connect with the whole part of God. So I don't want to say you're missing something, except that the truth is that you're missing something, that the Holy Spirit is a tangible, real part of God. Yes. But just as Jesus is a friend and the Father is a protector, Holy Spirit is a comforter, and every part of knowing him is safe and good and full of joy. I remember thinking it actually felt like for me, like thinking about the Holy Spirit, I just was a little bit unsure of the joy because I wasn't sure if it was going to be real. Right. And it's as real as real gets. It's one of those things that it's like, if you're not in love yet, if you're not married yet, there's really no tangible way for someone to explain to you what that's going to be like. But you have this thing in you as a woman that you're like, yeah, I want to be a bride. I want to be pursued. I think with the Holy Spirit, if you really were to look at your own heart and say, is that something that I really want? Do I really want what heaven's comfort feels like? Do I want what heaven's power feels like? And if you can get to that point where you can be open to that, then you can receive everything that the Holy Spirit has for you. It's okay if it's new. It's okay if it's different. It's like that in relationship. And it's like that in intimacy with a new friend or a new season or if you go from being, you know, engaged to being a bride, it's just, I think intimacy just feels new and different, but new and different is exciting and good. But I would just say to that person, just invite your own heart to it. Say, heart, are you wanting what heaven's comfort feels like, even if it's different than what you've received before? Because that to me feels like such a good invitation. I heard this question recently and I've started asking myself and asking my kids like, Anytime we're making a decision, they're like, okay, mom, I know what you're about to say. But this question of like, is heaven inviting me to this? So for me, if someone starts explaining a part of God that I haven't experienced yet, there can be this hesitation of like, I think sometimes it feels scary because we haven't heard it yet, or it might feel out of control. And sometimes it feels like, well, I wanted to experience that, but I haven't experienced that yet. And I just think if you can think about it and even say out loud, heaven, are you inviting me into this? That still small voice that feels like, yeah, I'm inviting you into this. That's actually the Holy Spirit. Wow. And that is the wholeness that you're talking about finding within the ministry that you and Rainer do is being able to find the complete 
just understanding and joy and love and nurture and protection that the Trinity, Trinity three, all have to offer, not just God and Jesus, which unfortunately I think that's how a lot of us grew up is just understanding God the Father and just understanding um, Jesus and him being crucified, but lacking the comfort and the conviction and the everything that Holy Spirit has to offer us right. to be complete. I mean, for me, finding out about the Holy Spirit was like just this great awakening. And it actually totally set me free from all of my like striving of everything I was trying to do. Once I realized that like Jesus was God, but he gave himself the limitations of a man to show us how it can be done. And he performed his miracles under the power of the Holy Spirit. So Mm -hmm. yes, he was fully God, but he let himself become a man and then showed us what it looks like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can do all the things that he did. But it just made me realize like, oh, I wasn't ever supposed to do these things on my own. I wasn't even supposed to like negotiate relationship on my own. I wasn't supposed to figure out how to do all the the different like checkbox that that church, you know, can sometimes build for us. It's all supposed to be in the context of relationship with God who is a father who is protecting you, who's providing for you, who's telling who you are with Jesus who's a friend, but under the power of the Holy Spirit who will actually teach you to be in relationship with God the Father, with Jesus who is your savior, who is like a brother to you, empowered with the Holy Spirit. So it all works together, but it's for me not having the the Holy Spirit part of it or feeling like the Holy Spirit is not necessarily invited into the equation is really cutting yourself short because he's a teacher and he's a nurturer. Mm-hmm. And he is truly the one that he that Jesus said, he will be your helper. Um, right. For me, sometimes people are like, well, how do you know how to start a conversation with God? I'm like, the Holy Spirit helps. He teaches me. I'm like, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> I might say that 800 times right. a day, but that's okay. He's a helper. That's that's He asked us to call him that. Right. And there's so many times, too, of asking the Holy Spirit, even in moments that I wish I knew Thomas better, in, wish, in moments that I wish I knew how to help my husband love my husband on his hard days. I can't do that on my own strength. And that's not knowledge that, I mean, scripture talks about it in a multitude of ways, but to be able to just quickly have the access to what the Lord has said already and say, Holy Spirit, what does he need? Yeah. And it's so much more practical, I think, than sometimes it's made. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes I think it's just the really tangible, like, turn here, like, I can think about mm-hmm. so many times I realized now was the Holy Spirit even leading me to position me into the right conversations and to have the feelings of like, oh, I wonder how my friend's doing today. I'm going to text her. You know, just all the little things that aren't actually that little. They're just him speaking. I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit um, because the reality is if, you know, whether you're comfortable with the Holy Spirit or not, you're still hearing his voice. He's just wanting to be invited, invited more sometimes, yes. you know, yeah. but, but when you're saved, when you know Jesus, you know, the Holy spirit, it's one of those things. I think most people, when they actually become open to it and say, yeah, I think heaven's inviting me into more relationship with the Holy spirit. What they really find is that he's been there all along and mm-hmm. they begin to like, think back through memories. For me, it was like realizing all these different times that I thought I had these like inklings of information or of things and realizing it was him the whole time and it's like 
being reunited with your oldest best friend. It's it's really the best. I agree. I love that you just clarified so much, I feel like, for a lot of people. So thank you so much. One of the things that I love that you said was a lot of times we're uncomfortable really with things of God on the entire umbrella because of ways we might have been hurt before. And I think that that is a lot of what you all do too and what you led us through when I came to hear from you at JH's inner healing. Yeah. So our inner healing prayer ministry that we do is kind of based on um, a couple big tools, but the premise of it is that we all walk through life and we have our relationships with family and with friends and with coworkers. And we begin to sometimes what can happen is those relationships, we have wounds or we have offenses that come in and without meaning to, we take on these truths. Sometimes they're actual truths and sometimes they're untruths. And we make these associations. So someone hurts you or someone rejects you and you begin to believe this truth in your life that you are not worthy of love or that you're going to be rejected in friendship. And when that takes root, what can happen is you can begin to believe that God is going to reject you and you can lose connection with God. So our inner healing ministry is going through and we forgive people so that you can be reconnected to the heart of God. And sort of the premise of it is that with the three parts, like I said earlier, that we have Father God and a lot of times our earthly father correlates with Father God. So how you've experienced your earthly father or father figures in your life often influences how you experience Father God. So you have real and tangible needs that um, you need met in your life from a father, and that would be protection, identity, provision. If those needs are not met, either just willingly or unwillingly, sometimes it's one of those things that we have great fathers and they just weren't able to protect us the way we needed to be protected or to tell us who we are, or maybe they misunderstood who we are. And those can create these wounds in our life that give us a misunderstanding of who God is. Which is so powerful. Right. Being able to redefine what the world has perverted. Right. So like for me, when I first pictured Father God, because of what I had learned um, just in church about who God was and just really some misunderstandings that I had picked up from church um, about who he was, I pictured like Abraham Lincoln, this big huge firm Mm -hmm. statue that was just completely unattainable. And there were just all these steps going up to who he was and all these different steps of like, okay, I've got to read my Bible more. I've got to do this. I've got to take this step. And God truly showed himself to me. I just had to go through, like, I just forgive any father figures in my life or people who were unavailable to Um, really be tender with me or to protect me and remind me who I was. And it was like, as I walked through that forgiveness, the stairs went away. And then all of a sudden the stone turned into a real tangible father. And I was able to encounter the love of God for the first time, really. Um, And we see things like that with our inner healing ministry. We see people who Um, have just experienced a father who just was busy or unavailable and realizing that as they release that figure in their life and bless that figure in their life and begin to ask God for like new insight of how do you see that person? A lot of times people find out, God tells them, your dad was doing the best they could or this pastor was doing the best they could, but would you release them and would you let me define a father's love? And then they can come to the point where they say, okay, 
Father God, I, you know, I renounce the lie that you're not available and you don't have time for me. What's the truth? And as they're able to hear the truth, their hearts become whole and it actually releases them to then have healthy relationship with fathers and with pastors. Um, um, and then with Jesus, Jesus is a companion. He's a friend. And that correlates with our friends and our siblings. So often what we believe about them and those wounds will correlate over to Jesus. And Holy Spirit is comfort, nurturing, teaching. And that correlates with mothers, mother figures, teachers. Does that make sense? So good. Yes. And, oh, this was so powerful to be able to sit through this and actually practice it and do it and to ask these questions and to let it just marinate and be able to sit in a room, even with other people, but feel like it was such an intimate moment of redefining, for me specifically, was the Holy Spirit. Redefining nurture and redefining what it looked like for someone to invite me and to love me and to be able to sit on lap and cry without it being like, suck up your tears and not, not, not even coming from parents that could be coming from teachers telling me you're just not good enough at this. Try something else instead of the encouragement of no, you can do it, prove it to yourself. And just small things like that, that I collected at such a small age that honestly has been a part of my life in the way you're saying little T truths. I love that you said that when you spoke to us, you said there's big T truths and little T truths. Practically, what does this look like? For me, and my husband and I do this with each other and with ourselves like on a daily basis. I think if we can get to a point where we keep really short accounts and we're really aware of what our heart is feeling, because you know when that feeling comes in of like, ooh, that hurt, or that didn't feel good, or I'm feeling angry, or I'm mm-hmm. feeling hurt, I'm feeling pushed aside, whatever that is, if you can just give yourself the gift of not shutting that down, even if you don't have the capacity for it right that minute, you know, like, for me as a mother, sometimes I'm in the middle of things and I just think, okay, God, can we talk through that? Like, but will you bring that back up to me? The Holy Spirit will remind you when there's time and space for it, but to just kind of not let that close down, Mm. um, and keep like that short account. So go back to that place where I'll just use an example. I'll say that, um, let me think through one. Okay. I'll use an example of, let's say a, you're just feeling lonely and a friend, was just super busy and seemingly unavailable. So for me, that had been sort of a story in my life of just these like threads of rejection and just feeling like if someone was unavailable, like, okay, well, I'm shutting down my heart because if they're not available, then I must be rejected and I must be unworthy. And it started this spiral and it can still happen where I'd start spiraling down. And now I know that the Holy Spirit will quickly be like, hey, remember, let's walk through this. Mm -hmm. So what that would look like for me would just be like just sitting down and taking a deep breath and asking Jesus, Jesus, what do I need to forgive this friend for? Because I might know, but sometimes he wants to give us more information. There might be something that we're not seeing. That missing piece for fullness. I might be thinking, I need to forgive this person for not having time for me. And he might say, Let's forgive them for not having time for you, but let's also forgive them for showing you that you're not worthy of time. And that's like a different level. And finding the root of it rather than just the symptom of how it presents. Right. Right. Um, And sometimes you might just have a feeling and you don't necessarily know who you should forgive. And I'll just, like with my kids, I'll say, if they say I'm afraid or I'm feeling angry and I can ask them like, 
do you know why? And if they don't know why, we'll just say, okay, I'll just have them say, Holy Spirit, who taught me to feel like this? Um, sometimes you can reword it even for yourself. Um, you know, who do I need to forgive or who taught me to feel this mm-hmm. way? Or Holy Spirit, what am I feeling? What's in my heart that you want to talk about? Because sometimes I, I think we don't even know how we're feeling. You know, the issue might not actually be the issue. It might be like, you know, you got mad at your husband because he reloaded the dishwasher after you did it, but really you're upset about something else. So I think just, (laughs) that's so me also. (laughs) I was about to say, this is real life. It's so real. Also the dishwasher thing is real. Um, Yes. But sometimes I'll just say, Holy Spirit, what's going on in my heart and who do I need to forgive? And then when he tells me who I need to forgive, and that can be as simple as, oh, this just popped into my mind. Like it doesn't have to be this whole big thing. Sometimes this for me is like a 30 second process. Sometimes this is a 30 minute process, depending on what I have capacity for. Um, So if I were to say, who do I need to forgive? And he were to say, let's forgive them for not having time for you and making you feel like you're not worthy of their time. And then I would say, Jesus, I renounce the lie that you would be the same, that you don't have time for me and that I'm not worth your time that I'm not worth choosing. What is the truth? And I would hear a truth back or I might sense something or I might just begin to feel a peace. That's his truth coming in. That's the big T truth coming in to take the little T truth. And I might just feel this um, like inkling of he's clearing his schedule for me. He never leaves me. He's, he's, he chooses me. And then I would say, Jesus, would you help me see this friend differently? And would you help me release the same grace that you just gave me? Would you help me release it to them? Because then I'm more in wholeness with my relationship with them, what I'm able to receive from them. But my need has already been met from Jesus. And that allows me to give the other person grace. Which is so good. Because I think for me personally, I'm so quick to be like, I need to go forgive them. Because that's what I was taught at home. Like if your brother hurts your feelings, you forgive, you forget. And it was more of like a habit rather than a discipline. And sitting through and thinking through what am I forgiving them for? Why did it make me feel this way? So I can deeply forgive them and remove the unforgiveness rather than just check it off a box. Right. And I think the whole like forgive and forget thing is was such a cultural thing that I was taught as well. But you know, that just is not how it works because you have this void once you've like forgiven because you still have this unmet need. So I like to think about it. And the way I kind of explain it to my kids is like forgive and rebuild. Um, or forgive and replace. So good. be able to forgive and release those things because it is powerful to forgive. And when you forgive, you restore the other person back to honor. But you also open yourself up to more grace when you do that. But you've created this space. Once you've let go of that offense, you've actually created a space. Why not ask for something amazing from God to sit in that place? You know. Right. And I'm like unashamedly will just sit in that place and ask God for more and more and more. Like if I'm hurt by a friend and Jesus is the ultimate friend, then once I ask him what the truth is, then I'll just ask him questions like, what do you think about me? Um, What makes you happy about who I am? What makes you smile? And just give yourself the gift of letting him love on you. That's actually what he wants to do. That's who he is. And it might feel funny at first, but The more you get used to it, the more you'll be able to identify lies throughout the day. For me, I was like, I want to start learning how to keep those short accounts. 
And it's like, you have to learn. It's like learning a new language. When you learn the language of God's love for you, everything else sounds foreign. And you get Mm -hmm. to a point where you have this quicker, easier response to like, Ooh, that's not true. That doesn't sound like the loving God that I know. But the only way to know his love is to let him speak that over you. Um, And I think for women, a lot of times that feels unnatural because it feels like I shouldn't be asking for more. He already just told me he loves me. But, you know, when your husband tells you he loves you, he wants to tell you in different ways. Sometimes it looks like I love you. I'm going to go cut the grass or I love you. Look, I bought us food or whatever it looks like, you know, in different ways. I think God is the same and that he wants to be able to show us in different ways and meet all the different needs that we have so that we can be a whole person and he can love us with his whole heart. So amazing. I'm so, oh, wow. Okay. I feel like I'm getting all this over again and I'm going to be listening to this again and taking notes on top of the notes I took back in July. Um, And the thing that I think is so powerful about this is that if we look at the way that the enemy is just really manipulative and so in my life, anytime I'm bitter or I'm upset or I need to find forgiveness for someone or for Thomas or for um, something that even happened a way long time ago that comes up, Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel hushed and silenced because it's silly or I come up with some silly excuse for why it shouldn't be in my mind or my heart rather than it being like, hey, let's talk about this. Why are you feeling this way? Who made you feel this way? Maybe why did they make you feel this way? What are they feeling? And so anyways, the, the act of being silenced and hushed is actually, I think, a part of the enemy's ploy to keep you from getting to the place of forgiveness and inner healing because his ultimate goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. But if we figure it out and we chase after freedom and we ask the Lord and invite the Holy Spirit into the place and into the void, it kind of disarms the enemy and what he was trying to come at you with in the first place. Right. I remember with the with the being silenced thing, I had such a powerful, I'm not sure if I shared this at the ranch or not, but it's one of my, I love when God speaks to me in like really funny yet tangible ways. Mm -hmm. And one day I was just playing with my girls and we pulled down our baby dolls that had been in storage and we pulled them out to give them to the youngest. Yes. You shared this. I love it. They immediately picked up the baby doll and they were showing them like, well, you'll want to cradle the baby. You'll want to take care of your baby. And they picked up the baby and they started like, they put the baby doll over the shoulder and started patting the baby and going, shh, shh, shh. And it was like, that's this, like, it felt like all of a sudden I was like, that is what we think comfort looks like is we think Mm -hmm. comfort looks like someone's crying and you say, shh, be quiet. It's okay. Get it together. And I just remember thinking, as soon as I saw my girls doing that, I was like, that is what the world has modeled as like comforting. You're like, stop it. (laughs) I was like, guys, the Holy Spirit is not a shusher. And then we just all started laughing because I just accidentally make up words like shusher. I'm like, he's not shushing us. Like we need to hear what the baby's crying about. And I'm having this like encounter with the Lord where I realize God's wanting to give us his empathy. He's wanting us to talk. He's wanting us to release the sound that we have, whether it's grief or joy or process, that he's never shushing us. He's always available to listen. So it's just become this funny thing with baby dolls that they're like, whatever you do, don't shush that baby doll in front of mom. You know, like that's just... Mm -hmm. It's this model that we've learned of like, 
I need you to be okay so that I'll be okay. And you just need to be quiet. Just keep it together. Just keep rolling. And it's just, you don't find it anywhere in scripture. What I see is Jesus showing up and weeping with the women Mm -hmm. or Holy Spirit coming as comforter. And there's something powerful about knowing how to be aware of your needs and how to get your needs met with God. But you can't do that if you're shushing yourself or believing that you know, he doesn't actually want to hear what you have to say. I think sometimes people are afraid of inner healing because they think what might just expose all these things. And honestly, that's what kind of held me back from going after different things in my past. And what I've learned with the Lord is that if he reveals something, it's just so that he can heal it. Yes. And the truth is because he will replace things because he comes and he rebuilds and he restores, it's always safe to go after those things. Right. And I, I said this in an episode before, but I really believe what's hidden can't be healed. And yeah. until you're able to bring it out in the open and share it with, even if it's in a, in a quiet and intimate moment with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't have to be like you put it on a billboard. For sure. But just being able to release it and identify it is really the first step to finding that healing. So I want to jump to how this looks practically. I want just fun stories and testimonies of how this has played out with you and your children for maybe moms or want to be moms or women that desire to be moms to hear and then maybe even in marriage or with friends it doesn't have to be all of them but any kind of really neat testimony that you have that you're willing to share I think would be neat to just solidify right and permanent marker everything we've been able to chat about yeah um I'll go through and see if I can just think of an example um I mean always the ones that come to mind are things with my kids I remember thinking when we first learned about this um just this inner healing kind of model Um, our oldest was probably about three and she was in preschool and she kept getting her feelings hurt. And side note, she also was having terrible allergies. She had these chronic allergy infections and sinus infections and just was one of these things that it wasn't even on my mind that I would be praying that she would be healed from that. Honestly, I was just like, Hey, she's getting her feelings hurt. Let's just go after that. And we were just driving down the road and um, I just made it super simple for her because she was three. Which I love because it's also for everyone. This isn't just for someone who's experienced or matured. This is for everyone. Yes. And also by super simple for three, sometimes it's easiest to do it that way for yourself. You know, like we don't have to have any five minute prayer. This can just be quick. Um, and I just said, hey, we call her Biddy. I said, Biddy, do you want to forgive your friend? And she said, I do, mama. And so I just said, okay, I... I choose to forgive my friend for not being nice to me. So she's repeating after me and I said, Jesus, I will not believe the lie that you are not nice to me and that you don't want to be my friend. What's the truth? And she said, and she just kind of started giggling and I'm like, no, baby, you have to tell me what he said. Like, I don't know what he (laughs) said. And she said, he just came and he gave me flowers and we're in the middle of spring. And um, as soon as she got the flowers, her allergies were healed as well. It was the coolest thing because she saw God's love for her. She loved flowers, but it was something that she was like kind of disqualified about. So one thing I'll say with this is like you go after the whole heart of God and you become a wholehearted person, body, soul, spirit. So we've seen physical healings as well as like emotional heart healings. It's just so cool. And now it's this thing that she'll just like be on a walk somewhere and she'll find wildflowers that I just know are to her from Jesus. And that is like her thing of 
when she has things that she's sad, she's like, Jesus, could you give me a flower? Could you come? Could you visit me? And it's just something that's real and tangible to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it looks different. Sometimes it looks like a picture, like Jesus gives you flowers. Sometimes it looks like Jesus saying, no, you're a good friend. And like with my girls, um, my oldest two are 10 and seven. And when they have disagreements, I just help walk through them, forgiving each other, getting what the truth is, and just asking them to ask Jesus, like, to just take it one step forward to move into wholeness back towards the other person so that they can be in whole relationship. I think sometimes that we think like being a really healthy Christian means I only need God, but the truth is he created us for relationship with others. So I do like to take it that one step further if you're still going to be in relationship with that person. Sometimes it's someone that's hurt you that you just need to forgive and you're not necessarily continuing to rebuild relationship with them. If it's something from like your... the woman that's checking you out at the grocery store right. and says something unkind. Right. right. Or, or God reveals like, Hey, when you were in second grade, this person hurt your feelings. Like I remember mm-hmm. I still have things that come up that I think, gosh, I can't believe that just popped into my mind. But I'm like, you know, if you feel silly, like you mentioned that earlier, I, just, I did want to touch on that for a second, that that's just shame. Right. The feeling of this shouldn't matter to me, that's shame. Anytime I think I should feel like this or I shouldn't feel like this, the shoulds let you know that that's shame. You can just be like, okay, shame, you're you're actually not invited into this conversation. This is actually how I feel. God, what do you want to say about it? Yeah. A podcast I was listening to was leading me through something similar but still very different. Um, and basically going back to situations that you don't want to ever have to think about again and in the moments that you believe that Jesus wasn't present in those situations or he was avoiding them like you want to avoid them mm-hmm. because of the shame or fill in the blank, yeah. um, he was actually there and he was there before you and he's still there because it's not a time thing for him. Right. And so asking where was he and what was he doing when I was in this situation and dealing with emotions and going back to that, I'm thinking um, while I'm listening to this podcast, I went to back back to a specific moment and asked, where were you in that? And what were you doing? And I just saw him standing there crying with me instead of it being like wiping my tears, telling me I'm okay and picking me up and carrying on. He was like, I'm going to sit and cry with you because this is awful and I'm so sorry. This was never something I was excited about. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that when you did that, like God was able to release his empathy over you and it changes the situation. I love going back, like you said, like, and just saying, Jesus, show me where you were. And for me, I think sometimes there's different times where if you go back and you say like, Jesus, would you show me where you were? And you see that he was there all along, but you aren't feeling that empathy or you're not feeling what you thought you would be feeling. I'll just ask him, how did this make you feel? And just let him tell me how it made him feel because this thing happens when your feelings and your needs are validated. It actually lets you let go of that memory so that it no longer can torment you. Because once you feel validated in that, you're able to let go of it because what will happen when you have these things and you're like, oh, well, I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that. But you've held on to it. And if it's not validated, it's going to hang around. But if you let, if you let God come in and validate it, then you're able to release it because that need has been met. So that's really powerful. I just love everything we're talking about because I, it seems so simple. Like when we talk about it and we break it down, it's like, why didn't I think of this before? I feel like what we're talking about today, I really feel and anticipate when whoever's listening to it now that there's been 
a lot of freedom released and redefining happening and reconciliation in people's hearts. And so for that, I just want you to be honored and for me to be able to tell you the amount of power you carry is unbelievable. Well, thank you so much for saying that. Okay, completely shifting gears. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready, always. <laughs> what are a few things that you're loving these days, whether it's something you're reading, you're using, could be whatever, but we have to know what you're loving. Um, <laughs> the first thing that came to mind, this is such a mom thing. I got a new vacuum. You probably Woo! don't really want to know about <laughs> No, that. we do. Um, but really, like, literally, I got this new diaper bag and this new vacuum, and all my friends are like, are you getting paid for this? Because you're telling everyone about it. I just feel like every right. mom should have a cordless Dyson. So side note, you should. You should I'm be not getting sponsored. I actually want to be sponsored by Dyson, but no go there. So <laughs> um, as far as what I'm reading, um, I'm actually reading an awesome book. It's called When Heaven Invades Earth by Bill Johnson. And Amazing. I have read it before, but it's just so, so good. Um, when Heaven Invades Earth. Yes. By Bill Johnson. Yes. It's powerful. It just talks about like, normal life and what normal Christianity should look like. And it answers a lot of questions about who Holy Spirit is. It answers a lot of questions about signs and wonders and miracles. So at the beginning, if you were one of those, when we were talking about the Holy Spirit, if you were like, Ooh, not so sure about that. This book is honestly, there's so many scripture references. It's, I first read it about five years ago, um, maybe longer when I was just kind of really wanting, I heard, had heard a lot of people's experiences, but I was just really wanting to understand more and to have a lot of scripture references to who Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit was. Um, That was kind of where I was in my journey. Now I'm more of a point where um, I feel like I'm in my own relationship and having my own experiences, but going back and having the word of God kind of validate what my experiences are actually looking like, it's spurring me to go on to more. Um, And what else am I loving? I just, (laughs) my life right now is so just with my kids Um, and we're loving dance parties these days. They're just getting more and more fun. Perfect. Um, What do you dance to? Well, my kids love the greatest showman soundtrack. I was just about to say. Yes. That's kind of been, kind of been the big one. And then, um, the other thing is, um, there's like all, I love Bethel worship, like Bethel music worship, but there's like Bethel kids. They're called the bright ones. If you have kids or honestly, if you don't, it's just so upbeat and fun. It just is like breathing fresh air. So we've been listening to that, having a lot of dance parties to that. So fun. Amazing. Okay, we'll have to link all of those in our show notes so that people can go back and find reference. Well, I just wanted to say again, one more time, thank you so much for all the wisdom and encouragement and just the release of freedom that you have over this podcast. And I believe it's invading the cars that's being listened in, the kitchens, the dishes that are being touched. Like this is going to carry. And I need you to know that. Well, thank you. Yes, we are so blessed. I just feel so honored to get to come and talk about God and all of my favorite things. And I just want to say he's real and he's good and he's kind. And if you're the one washing the dishes right now, that you would just feel his arms around you, that you would just feel him supporting you. I feel like he's specifically coming behind women to just say, I've got your back, that he's coming close that he's going to bring up memories and release empathy and release kindness and really move you forward in wholeness in your relationship to give you new eyes to see who people are. And I really feel like he wants to give you new eyes to see what he sees when he looks at you, what the expression is on his face, that you would experience his delight and his kindness towards you. 
So thank you. This is truly like my favorite thing to do is just talk about the kindness of God. Gloria. Change my life forever. Move back to Birmingham. Well, you never know. Well, thank you again. You're incredible. I know there's a lot of us walking away from this episode feeling met, relieved, filled with hope, and being healed. Gosh, I wish we were all able to sit down with Lorianne one-on-one because she's got some spot-on wisdom. In case you do want to walk through what an inner healing session looks like, she actually led a group session at a local church here in Birmingham, Alabama, and it's available for you to listen to online. It takes you through what we talked about today in a little bit more depth. She and her husband, Rainer, are also available for FaceTime sessions if you wanted to speak with her more directly. For all of these resources and more, you can head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. Everything that we mentioned today can be found there in our show notes. If today's episode spoke to you and if you're loving the podcast or you just want to love on us, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and leave a quick review. It means the world to us to read what you're thinking about the podcast, but it also helps others find it that might not have come across it before. We are so grateful for you in this community, and we seriously couldn't do it without you. Have the best week.